Hello everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined as always by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how are you? Uh, tired, man. Been busy with work lately and, you know, obviously the holidays coming up and that's, you know, more holidays or what have been holidays kind of as 2020 comes to an end here. But yeah, I've been tired, been busy uh, wrapping up things for the end of the year at work. So nice to, you know, take a little break from that and, and talk some games, talk a little Metroid, talk a little games. So yeah, um, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I'm not doing too bad. Um, it's uh, it's a busy time. The holidays are always a busy time, and this is a unique holidays. So, uh, you know, it's uh, everybody's figuring everything out. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, uh, all things considered. Even though there was a bunch of stuff happening in the world and nothing was related to Metroid, just like we assumed that it mm. probably wouldn't be. Um, last week, we kind of had a smorgasbord of an episode where we talked about a bunch of different things and we've almost got a similar uh, topic going on this week. We're going to cover reactions for the game awards. We're going to talk about retro. We're going to talk about the Nintendo indie direct that happened today. And then we are going to uh, touch base on a wild Metroid theory that, uh, that I just listened to today. So I wanted Dak's opinion on it. He doesn't know what it is. So I'm going to explain that to him. Um, but before, before we get there, I guess that we should tell everyone, um, about next week, we have Ryan, the webmaster of Metro database joining the program. And we are going all the way back to the eighties to do a deep dive into the original Metroid for the Nintendo entertainment system. We're going to talk about everything leading up to the launch and after the launch, we're going to talk about the game itself. We're going to talk about if the game still holds up. We're going to talk about the surprise twist at the end. Uh, we're going to talk about why it never got a sequel. It's going to be lots of fun. And I think that it's going to be uh, a really great show to kind of send us along our way to uh, to end this 2020 year. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think that I'm even going to uh, fire it up on my Nintendo Online uh, NES collection and, uh, and maybe play a little bit of it. Because I haven't played it in a long time. Oh, yeah. I haven't played it in very long. So <laughs> I'm going to have to boot it up again and and think on it and you know really dig deep into my mind on what i have to say about the original old as hell way older than me original nes metroid <laughs> and what we have to say about that uh so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that i think that that's going to be um, a good time we haven't really talked a whole lot about metroid on this show yet so i think that it is uh it's it's getting its due finally um two games that we're not talking about at all because they are mia uh, very, very, very popular Metroidvania games, Hollow Knight, Silk Song, Axiom Verge 2. I was kind of hoping that we might see them in the Indie Direct today or at the Game Awards maybe even for Silk Song, but both of them continue to be missing in action. So uh, I'm hoping that we get some uh, some news on those games soon and that maybe we can see them in the in the you know the first half of 2021. I think that that would be really uh, a, a shot in the arm. They're not Metroid games, but you know, they're some of the best Metroidvanias, uh, Axiom Verge and Hollow Knight, of the last decade, I think. So I'm really looking forward to those. What about you, Deck? You know, I, I, I got to be honest, man. I think we've had, what, like three or four, five, maybe six of these, like, partner or indie directs throughout this year in lieu of, like, actual real directs a lot of the time. And every time I feel like you're super optimistic. Like You're like, oh, we're going to see some Axiom Verge. We're going to see this. And I never have expectations for those indie directs, like, ever. It's usually, like, a bunch of stuff that kind of looks cool, a little quirky, but I never really tried out. And, yeah, we didn't see Axiom Verge. We didn't see Hollow Knight. I am looking forward to both. I think Silk Song is, is getting, like, to the almost, like, to that Bayonetta Metroid Prime 4 level, I think. Because, like, that was announced... Well, actually, I guess it hasn't been that long. Because I know, like, Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta, that was, like, announced back in, like, you know, 2017. And Silk Song was announced in early 2019. So we're getting about two years on that. So it's... And that's kind of, like, a bigger franchise, obviously, than Axiom Verge. So definitely some mm -hmm. more, you know, anticipation regarding that. But it's getting into that, like, okay, we've... It's been a while now. Like, we got to hear something. You know, personally, I'm not, like, a diehard Hollow Knight fan. It's a really good game, though. Um... And I am looking forward to another one of those. Axiom Verge, not, you know, I wouldn't say has as much anticipation. I think it's a game where I'm not, not looking forward to it. But when it comes out, it comes out, I think, for me. 
I want to play Silk Song, and I hope that comes out soon. But like Axiom Verge, I think is more of like a you know a smaller kind of package. So I you know when it comes around, it comes around. I'm looking forward to playing it when it does, and I hope that you know it it has it takes the time it needs to be a really good game. So that's a game that I can maybe wait on a little longer. Whereas Silk Song, I was kind of hoping we hear about you know we would hear about a little earlier, a little sooner, and we still haven't. So I hope we get some news on that soon. And I think that both of them were originally supposed to be fall 2020 games. I mean, who who knows how long, you know, the year that was 2020 set everything back. And, you know, and I'm okay to wait too, but th- those are like two of my absolute, uh, like most hyped up games. I love both, so I'm really looking forward to both. Just because like, there ain't no new Metroid on the horizon, and that's about as close as we are going to get. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to those. Um, let's... Uh, Let's talk about the uh, the indie direct uh, really quickly here. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that there was uh, I thought that there was kind of a fun little uh, couple of games shown there, particularly the one that they uh, led off with, which was uh, a roguelike kind of looked Metroidvania esque game called Spelunky and Spelunky Two. So I, I thought that that looked um, really fun and. Uh, it's coming summer 2021 that and this uh, this really awesome looking action game called cyber shadow were kind of my my big takeaways from this uh, indie direct this morning uh it was a lot of fun lots of games about cats which is incredible um but yeah i i was like i was impressed with everything that we saw the the metroid fan to me looked at splunky and was like okay this looks kind of metroid-ish like i think i'd be willing to uh, to give that a try and I don't know if you're big into Among Us or not, Dak, but it is coming <laughs> to Nintendo Switch. So there you go. I have a couple of thoughts. Um, so yeah, Spelunky. I you know Spelunky's like a classic, the original Spelunky. That's like a roguelike classic, I think. So um, Spelunky two that was announced, I think, during the summer of E3. I don't. I guess it was just announced for the Switch though. So that looks mm-hmm. cool. I'm definitely gonna try that out. Um, yeah, the 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 Cyber Shadow. That's like what like the the old like Ninja Gaiden looking one, I believe, right? Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah that looks one so good. That one looks cool. Um, you know, I'll probably play it. Maybe try it out. If there's like a demo, I'll probably try it out. Um, and the 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 cat games were um, the the cat games were were good. I would say those are the big standouts for me. I want to play the fighting the cat fighting game. I think that was the biggest standout to me. I don't know. Just a lot of the indie games. Just every time I see an indie game and a lot of these uh, showcases, this might just be me. Um, our, t- our tastes are different, you know. I-, I When I see a lot of indie games in these showcases, a lot of these games are like games I'd play once and never play again. Like, they don't seem like they have a lot of replay value. So, uh, I'm very, very uh, rarely, like, excited for indie games because they're, like, games that I think, oh, they're really cool. They have this, you know, they have this cool little thing about them. They're quirky. They have this cool gimmick or they look really cool. But is it a game I want to spend money on and actually play a lot? I don't know. Um Thankfully, there have been games that are few and far between that have surprised me. And maybe if I gave these games more of a shot, I would be surprised. So I would like to try out Cyber Shadow. That, that's something that I'll probably end up getting just because, you know, that looks cool. You're anticipating it, and I know you have a good taste in games. So I feel like um, I should give it a shot. But I want to play the, the cat-related games. I'm excited for yes. those. Um, maybe less so Calico. You and me, Cat Brawler. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I want to play that. Um, and then Among Us. I love Among Us. I've been playing Among Us uh, since the summer, like when it got big, when a bunch of, you know, like the Twitch streamers were playing it, um, you know, towards like the end of the summer into the fall. And I've been, you know, hooked on it, playing with my friends a lot. Um, it's definitely simmered down a little bit for me, and I probably, I'm not going to get it on the Switch because I already have it on PC, so there's no point in, in buying it for the Switch too. Right. And there's going to be cross-play, so I can just play yeah, with my friends who have it on so. the Switch. So we'll be able to play. Uh, maybe we'll get together, you know, a little Omega Metroid Among Us group sesh and, and play I'd be, it. I'd be down for that. Among Us is a lot of fun, man. I love Among Us. It's so fun. Um, one of my favorite games of the year. Obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's not a... A completely unique concept for anyone who knows like what the thing is or something like that but uh for a game it's a lot of fun and it's been you know a really solid thing to get together with friends and and have some some good moments together i definitely had a lot of good moments this year playing among us so i'm happy that it's coming to the switch it looks awesome i definitely recommend it to everybody uh to play it even if you don't have like a good group to play with you can find a group or i just go onto like public servers and try to get imposter and kill people so uh yeah great game looking forward to that and yeah, the cat games and the indie develop, uh, indie direct were pretty cool too. Uh, I, there was another kind of Among Us knockoff game called. Oh yeah, uh, it was like Genosha. Yeah, or something. it's like a it's like a light it novel was, Among Us. 
And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I saw that, and I was like, oh, this is, like, an Among Us knockoff. It's too bad we can't just get the actual thing. And then, lo and behold, like, five minutes later, the actual thing shows up. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that you said that um, about indie games, though. And, yeah, of course, we have different tastes. Where I, like, I love just buying, like, a cheaper indie game, playing it once. I'll, I'll replay it in, like, three years when I forgot everything about it. That's... That's my cup of tea, actually. I, I like that a lot. But uh, there was a lot of good stuff there to to be had for sure. Uh, a lot of like just like smaller, more charming games, which I think the indie directs are, are really good at. Um, so let's focus over and talk about the game awards that mm-hmm. took place on uh, on Thursday of last no week. Metroid. No yeah, Metroid. No Metroid. Too bad. Uh, and they did show uh, they did show Master Chief in Fortnite. They did show but Master no Chief Metroid. in Fortnite. Uh, Brie Larson, I believe, did do uh, some kind of announcement, though I don't remember what she was there for. I kind of forget. Do you remember what she was there for? I I think that she was there for Best Performance Award. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I but, can't remember. Uh, she didn't do anything remember. Metroid. Yeah, she didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, then I definitely didn't expect that. Um I no. was, you know, I, I Stephen A. Smith given the esports a- award. I thought was really funny <laughs> because Stephen A. Smith, I think, is hilarious, and he's never mentioned anything video g- like game related, or has ever talked about video games like ever in his career, really. So to have him there talking about esports of all things, which like I don't even think he has discussed it at length at all on any of his programs. I don't, even, I don't think he knows what esports yeah, is. Yeah, I'm sure he knows what it is cuz he works for <laughs> ESPN and they've had like esports stuff. So like I'm sure he knows what it is, right? And knows what like like I'm sure, I'm, I'm certain he knows what it is. Um but to actually have any kind of involvement in it, obviously he doesn't. But I thought it was funny um, right. be, you know for multiple reasons. Anyway, um yeah, we didn't get anything metro related. We didn't get Samus and Fortnite either. The, despite it being they're doing like this this hunters kind of uh season thing and that's why master chief was added even though he's not really a, a bounty hunter or any kind of hunter of any sort um but samus is she didn't get added so no metroid news i, I believe that they said they said bounty hunters and then they included a couple people from the walking dead which i cannot believe is still a show that that show is still running yeah, well, they have The Walking Dead, and then they have, like, The Fear of the Walking Dead, and the comics are still going. Yeah, it's still, it's still, zombies are still going strong, man. I saw a couple games, well, first of all, oh, uh, Back for Blood, that got announced or showing off at the Game Awards. That's a zombie game, and that looks hype, because that's a, a Left for Dead kind of game, and I really like Left for Dead. And I know people are sick of zombie shooters by now, but Left for Dead gets a pass for me, because that's really cool and really fun. Um but yeah, we didn't get anything. Like we didn't even get any, we didn't get any Metroid Prime Four, which I guess uh, that we I wasn't expecting. That's to be expected. At all. I mean, yeah. Nintendo only showed off Sephiroth, which was really cool though. I kind of wish that ended the show. Um, it was a great way to start yeah, I have the a show. Yeah, funny story. But it was but so awesome. I uh, love that. I was covering I was covering the Game Awards for Zelda Dungeon because we were thinking that there maybe there's going to be some Age of Calamity DLC news or something like that, and um, I show up. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to be five minutes late. And the best part of the entire show <laughs> happened immediately in the first, like, minute of the show. So let's talk about it. I thought that was so, so awesome to see Sephiroth show up in Smash. Because, I mean, even though you've got Cloud already in the game, I think you could make the case that, like, Sephiroth is almost as iconic of a character as Cloud Strife is. And, man, it just, like, they, it feels complete now to have both of them in and, like, it makes me relive my my old GameFacts.com uh, summer contest like fantasies with like Link and Cloud and Sephiroth and Samus and Sonic. Like, what a what a roster that yeah, right? uh, that they've amassed. And man, what an entrance! Like he just straight up stabbed Mario through the face. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, references to like Advent Children, like the movie and all of that. I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the scenes, like, in the actual, like, choreography of the fight, like, is a direct, like, reference to that, um, to, like, the they were, movie Yeah, they were that. almost scene for scene. Yeah, so yeah. that was, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was awesome, super cool, uh, totally unexpected, I think, because I don't, I, I personally, I think a lot of people didn't expect another Final Fantasy character. Like, just to get Cloud alone, I thought was, you know, crazy, and of course was at the time. And really blew things up. But to get also Sephiroth. Also, there wasn't, like, leaked or anything. Like, I didn't hear any discussion or leaked discussion 
prior to like you know or stuff like i didn't have sephiroth at all on my radar so to have nope. him show up he looks sick like the, the the trailer was awesome but like gameplay wise he looks really cool too definitely gotta give him a try and yeah i mean ultimate has a roster that you know if you told someone this was the roster 10 15 years ago you'd be like well yeah i saw this roster it was on game facts and someone photoshopped it and it has like 90 people on it <laughs> and yeah i've seen that roster yeah. before um well it actually exists now so yeah that was really cool and was the extent of nintendo showing for the show which i think was fine like they pretty much like nailed it like put Sephiroth and smash i mean come on like, mario almost killed uh ridley actually did it though but Sephiroth. he did it first ridley well mario didn't get killed uh, ridley apparently did kill mario as far as we know um so <laughs> i guess not because he shows do, up do in remember, this uh, but yeah do you remember when luigi got killed too by by simon belmont or by dracula or he gets killed by dracula he just, like, straight yeah. up got murdered yeah. yeah, that that does happen. But Luigi does go into he becomes a ghost and then not a ghost a lot in his own game. So I'd like to think that like like Luigi can die, but he doesn't really die. Like he's like a mortal. He <laughs> he never he can he can always come back somehow. But uh yeah, I guess uh you know, expecting any kind of real non-smash news from Nintendo or like big stuff. You said Age of Calamity. Um I was actually expecting to see something for Breath of the Wild too potentially. That would have been really cool to kind of oh, end no the way. year with, um, to have like just something like a, a little bit of something that would have been so cool. I didn't. I think Age of Calamity, like it's out now. I don't think they're gonna. They would have done a big DLC announcement at the Game Awards, um, but and, and Breath of the Wild would have been really cool. I kind of was hoping for that. We didn't get that either. I, I think that Breath of the Wild Two is gonna be like its own presentation. Like that. That game is so like mythical now, and in it's kind of like metroid prime 4 where it's like we know that they exist but we don't know anything about them other than like the smallest of, of peaks that i think that probably at this point both prime 4 and breath of the wild 2 are going to be like their own kind of presentations or something along those lines so not it, it would be like if e3 took place in 2021 which it maybe it will maybe it won't but uh, it would be the equivalent of, of that where like nintendo would show it off at you know, one of their own kind of events. But, um, yeah, you know, there wasn't a whole lot for Nintendo at the Game Awards. There was Sephiroth and uh, Ghosts and ghosts and Goblins or Ghouls oh, and yeah. Goblins looked uh, pretty fun for the old schoolers out there. Yeah, there. I, I don't know how many, like, the what audience that has anymore, <laughs> you know? I kind of looked at the game and I was like, oh, geez, like, still making these, huh? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, 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 I'm not probably going to play it, but I'm sure a lot, there are some people out there that were super excited for ghosts and goblins or ghouls and goblins or whatever it is. Um, I hate to sound dismissive uh, I'm, like I'm that, sure they're <laughs> but I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. I, I did have fun with that game back on, what was it? The, the SNES, but it was like literally the hardest game I've ever played. And I was young at the time, but still it was so hard that like, I could not get to the end of like, the first scrolling screen so i was like nope not for me so uh i almost want to play it just to see if i've improved in any capacity since my since my youth i uh, had um go ahead no i was just gonna say i've actually never even played us ever a ghost and goblins game oh, but but i the only exposure i really have to it is marvel vs. capcom 3 arthur is in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, and he's uh, he's 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 all right. He's a pretty cool character. I like that's my only exposure to Ghosts and Ghosts and Goblins is is Arthur in Marvel. So, uh, well, shout out to Arthur. He was uh, I remember him showing up in like his underwear or something in that game. Um, mm -hmm. I had I had two moments that made me pop during the Game Awards big time. I was very 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 excited for. I would say that these were on the same level for me as uh, as Sephiroth. The first was when we had that trailer, again, like right in the opening five minutes of the show, where the camera was going absolutely wild. It was in first person. It was climbing up this skyscraper. But then it it goes out and it zooms out on the Datadyne logo. And I was just like fist pumping. And then we got the reveal of a new Perfect Dark. And I love, love perfect dark on the n64 it was one of my favorite games ever i never played the silly sequel on the 360 but man that i thought that this trailer looked really really good and uh I'm, I'm excited to get me some perfect dark coming back it's been too long i gotta be honest i missed this one i looked away i i was uh still talking about sephiroth to people 
So when I came back, I I only knew that there was a new Perfect Dark because I saw you tweet about it. I didn't even I didn't even see it. Uh, sounds cool though. I'm excited. Perfect Dark is a really solid N64 game. I also played the sequel very very briefly. I think like the split screen multiplayer. That's about it. So yeah, new Perfect Dark sounds just uh just I say I say this is a good time to have a, a new Perfect Dark. Why not? Why not? And like. I- it's pretty, it's not like a triple A name or whatever, but I feel like it's got some name value. I never understood why they stopped making Perfect Dark games. Like, I didn't know that Zero was, like, that bad where it killed the franchise, but maybe it was because I never played it. Um, the other thing, speaking of bad games that killed the franchise, the other thing that made me pop big time was the next Mass Effect. I absolutely love Mass Effect. It's it's one of my favorite video game series, like, ever. Maybe, like, top five in with Zelda and Metroid. Hmm. So... I think that, like, I, I think that there's a lot that Metroid can take from Mass Effect and, and kind of implement in its own games. So, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago where both of us kind of said, like, no, we don't want Metroid to to take everything from Mass Effect and, and become, you know, exactly the same type of game. But Mass Effect really does offer a lot of inspiration for, like, stuff that I think uh, a Metroid game could use and, and could implement going forward so i'm i'm really excited to see mass effect come back um big 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 fan of the series and it was kind of in question after mass effect andromeda which i will i won't die on this hill but i i will say that i think that andromeda is a perfectly fine game not as bad as people think well i i do know that andromeda is going to be free on the epic game store later this month so i'm going to download it and and give it a whirl because it's the only mass effect that i haven't played and it is also the only Mass Effect game that I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about because I watched all the YouTube videos about how bad the animations were and other stuff about the game, which gave me a hearty right. laugh and made me very uh, happy watching those videos. But I never actually gave the game a try, which is unfair of me. So I should do that. I should give it a try. I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, no Mass Effect 3 or whatever, but or Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 1, which are, I mean, all three of them are yeah, really good course. games, you know? So, um, but... But, uh, yes, I, the new Mass Effect, I thought, was hype. I, I did catch that. And it, the trailer doesn't really show you anything, though. And I'm not, like, a super, like, huge Mass Effect fan where, like, I would recognize anybody necessarily other than, like, the main people. So I didn't recognize who the character was. I'm not sure if we were supposed to. Um, but I thought it was cool. New Mass Effect is hype. Glad that Andromeda didn't, you know, destroy this franchise. Not that I ever thought it would. Mass Effect was too big, I think, for <laughs> any one game to really do that. So, and and Andromeda, as far as I know, Andromeda did get kind of fixed and patched over time anyway. So, eventually it kind of became like a pretty, eh, decent game. It did, it did. yeah. So, yeah, so it's not even like, you know, Other M, which continues to be, uh, you know, poopy dumpster fire and never got patched to be fixed. Um but to be fair, the only patch you could actually fix with other M, you know, to implement would be uh, to delete the software from your console. That's the only patch that would work. So, uh, or any your, your save file, or make sure the disk doesn't work. So, understandably, um, Andromeda probably came out on the other side of it's like patching a little better, and I'm gonna give it a try. New Mass Effect looks cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I did catch. I'm glad I caught that trailer because that was hype news. I can't wait till we play other M for our one year anniversary on the Omega Metroid podcast. Um, you know, I, I will say, and I want to spend just a, like a second talking about this before we finally get to some Metro news here, but I will say that like, you know, you mentioned that Andromeda was kind of buggy when it launched. Um, it, there was definitely some goofy bugs and stuff like that, but like you compare and contrast that versus like the launch of Cyberpunk, which is basically unplayable on the PS4 and Xbox One, which is kind of a bummer because I was going to pick it up for like for Christmas this year, because I have, I'm a, I'm a peasant. I haven't upgraded yet. And I don't have like a super expensive PC. So, you know what? I was like, cool. I'm going to get it on my PlayStation. And, uh, man, that game launching in the state that it did is just like the, the video game industry at its worst. I feel like what a schmoz that was compared to that. Andromeda is like a triple a title. Oh, for sure. Though it is funny that, I mean, I guess like Andromeda now, you know, in retrospect, Andromeda's issues almost feel like insignificant, you know, like uh, because really it came down to like, you know, like facial animation. I mean, the stuff, the problems with cyberpunk are go way beyond like some textures and facial animations being off and 
And not that that's the only problem with Andromeda, but I remember that being a big uh, a big talking point. But yeah, Cyberpunk has been a mess. I'm so glad that I, not that I was ever, I was never honestly super excited to really get into like Cyberpunk. It was just I never really got into the hype train. I was just like, all right, this will come out. I'll play it when it's out, <laughs> and it came out. But I never, I didn't get it because I heard a lot of people and I watched people like you know playing it and I'm like, eh, not only does it not look like I need it immediately, but there have been issues with the with the uh, with the game. Even on PC, I've heard some issues too, and that you know mm-hmm. is not yeah. just like a PS4 or, or an Xbox One issue. So I'm I'm waiting. Apparently, that they're going to be patching the game in January and February. Maybe the price will come down by then, or someone have it on sale. Um, but if not, I'm probably going to wait I, until those patches. So. I'm not. I'm honestly like not uh, particularly like trying to dive into Cyberpunk. It looks cool, but it's kind of just like a, a loot shooter I've seen and I've played those before. The gunplay doesn't look like super crazy. It looks like a, a like a pretty like cinematic and fun ride though. I want to play it, but it is a shame like the state of that it came out in, especially considering it was already delayed multiple times and people wanted the game to come out like just to release it and then they did and it's a mess and you know, now they're trying to get like, you know, refunds. That's been an issue. It's it's a whole it's a whole mess. And honestly, with a game like this that's been in development for like what it's like, I feel like this game got announced in like Eight 2013 years. or something like that. Yeah, like you know, yeah. to, to have a clean release seven, eight years later, I feel like it never happens. And this is another example of yeah. that. So I'm, I'm not surprised, you know, Cyberpunk kind of it, it, it's it just the expectations are always going to grow and it never it's never going to like meet those expectations after like seven or eight years. Like I feel like nothing ever really has. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I've I've been interested in like playing it more, and honestly, some of the bugs in the game almost make me want to get it early just to like experience it for that way. But I feel like the funny moments I see on Twitter get outweighed by like the tons of frustrating moments that might happen. Uh, oh, and, uh, and like the game crashing. Exactly. Yeah, that like that, that make too, it not yeah. worth it. So uh, we'll see with yeah. that. But yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a mess. Yeah, I'm really disappointed that, like, that whole aesthetic is right up my alley. I'm, I mean, you know me, like, I'm a big Blade Runner kind of sci-fi guy, mm-hmm. and, like, that that was, like, so cool. That, that was, like, yeah, this is going to be sweet. And, um, God, what a mess. Like, I, I'm legitimately wondering, like, what would have been more embarrassing? Um, delaying the game again for another couple months to maybe, let's say, April 2021, or releasing it as they did and honestly i think that delaying the game would have been embarrassing but it wouldn't have been like a catastrophe like this you know or even just delaying the ps4 and xbox one versions well i was gonna say i honestly think they should have just not released it on the ps4 and xbox one at all i'm surprised i mean i'm not surprised that they did because you know the obviously they want to get as many people to buy it as possible but you know I feel like that would be like the Microsoft or Sony. Someone may would have tried to have like convinced them, like make it an exclusive, like make it a, you know, so that way people have to buy a new console to play this game or they have to buy a PC, you know, to play this game, whatever it is. Um, That would have been so grimy though, that you've been developing this game for for years and years and years. And then now you're, it's, it's almost like a bait and switch where it's like, just kidding. You don't get this game unless you spend also an extra 500 bucks. That would have been greasy. You're not wrong there either, but I'm also looking at like, you know, Halo Infinite, I feel like it's coming into the same issues where it was like originally being developed for like Xbox one and you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now it has to be developed for like to work on both Xbox one and Xbox series X and PC and all that. And part of me is just like, ugh, just why even release on the Xbox One? Like, just make it so it works on the Xbox One X and PC. Like, make it so people have to buy the new Xbox to play the new Halo. Like, what's so hard about that? I don't have to do it. I already have a PC, so it doesn't bother me. But I would be playing the game by now, possibly, if not for the fact that it's also being made to work for these older consoles. And I, and I feel like this has happened before where games have been, like, delayed or they've been... Uh, marred by technical issues because they've tried to gap that generation. You know, the, the you know they tried to cross the generational gap and work on both sides, and, and it's such a, a, a like an issue a lot of the time, or causes delays or whatever it is. I mean, I feel like that even happened with Breath of the Wild, right? Like that it got delayed. I feel like because of that kind of stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I feel like it's always. It, an I issue. mean, yeah, it got delayed, but it also released flawlessly on on both consoles. That's true. So that's, yeah, at least the, for know. the very least, it came out and it was fine. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just I feel like always trying to like do the multiple generations, the multiple consoles is is. I understand why they do it economically and financially, but 
causes so many issues when you're trying to develop a game of such a huge scale like Cyberpunk across multiple console generations seems like quite an undertaking. Yeah, for sure. I, I still... I feel like I wouldn't let him off the hook because no, I'm not they, letting him off the hook for sure. Into. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, not. but I, I I understand it's challenging, especially this year. But God, what it's, a mess! It's like what a mess. yeah, yeah. I it's thankfully you don't have to worry about that with Metroid games because sometimes they don't even come out for a generation, so they don't have to worry <laughs> Thank about God. that. Yeah. All right, let's let's finally get to some Metroid here. We've been uh, we've been going on for for about half an hour here, but I recently discovered about two months ago. I'm I'm like ancient when it comes to exploring youtube but i recently discovered the film the film theorists and the game theorists hosted by MatPat, and they have like like millions like tens of millions of subscribers but i'm just like old school and i don't really go on youtube that much except to listen to music but so i finally stumbled my way across and i was listening to this metroid theory and it really kind of piqued my interest and i and i wanted your opinion on it so i'm going to explain it to you and explain it to our listeners. And I want your reaction, and I want our listeners' reaction. Tweet at us at Omega Metroid Pod. Let us know if you think that this is possible or even plausible. So here we go. Um, shout out again to the Game Theorists. They are uh, they are over on uh, YouTube at the Game Theorists. This video has 4.5 million views, so they're doing some good things for Metroid here. <laughs> this theory is all about how the animals of Metroid are the biggest threat. To the entire galaxy um so let me set the stage here wait 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 wait, wait what running, animals uh, wait, I'll, I'll set the stage i'll set the stage okay so during the events of super metroid you meet the Edicoons and decora and they teach you how to wall jump and shine spark and, and all these other good things um, they're very intelligent creatures and in the metroid speedrunning community um of course we know that there is what uh, what is described as like basically like a last minute fundraiser almost when people are speedrunning super metroid to either kill the animals or save the animals yeah. um, for anyone that doesn't know when you're when you're on the way you know to uh, to your ship at the end of super metroid um you can you can take a little bit of a detour in criteria and go and blast a wall for for the edicoons and Takora to escape out of and if you do then their ship flies off into the distance at the end of super metroid so that's a really big thing in the speedrunning community um because there's literally no benefit and it costs you time when you are doing that so um yeah man it's it's a big thing kill the animals or save the animals and it raises like hundreds of thousands of dollars at at things like games on quick Uh, so it's pretty incredible so that's kind of the whole crux for this theory this theory says that you should absolutely kill the animals and if you do that saves the galaxy so to further kind of set the table here we need to have a few pieces of information uh, out in the clear and be known. So the biggest threat to the galaxy is not the Metroids, it's not the Space Pirates, it's the X, which we meet in Metroid Fusion. Of course, these are parasites. They can clone and absorb memories, and they kill the original host, and they spread like a virus. So, you know, not unlike 2020 almost. Um, so these are the big bads of the Metroid universe, but the uh, maybe the other big bad is the Chozo, because they created the Metroids to basically prey and kill on the X-Parasite, but then didn't tell anybody that that was their true purpose. So they've created these Metroids, they have have eliminated the X-Population on SR388, but nobody really knows this about the Metroids, and according to Metroid Wiki, the Chozo specifically don't tell the Galactic Federation for fear that people will use the Metroids as weapons, even though that's exactly what happens anyways. So, fast forward to the events of Metroid Fusion. Since the Edicoons and Korra are on the ship, we can infer that saving them in Super Metroid is the canon response. And it's the, it's canon. You know, they've survived. They've made it off the planet. We decided to be good guys and, and get them out of here. So, the entire crux of this theory about why the X are evil or why the animals are evil, is because they are not, in fact, animals and never were. They have always been X, and they save Samus at the end of the game, basically to avoid their own extermination and to go and populate other planets. So there is some anecdotal evidence here, Dak, but just on the on the basis, what do you think of this so far? 
So you're saying that these things are just X parasites that are mimicking, right? To hide the fact that they're X so Samus doesn't absorb them or kill them, right? And that... That's correct, yes. Uh, okay. And, um, and that they have always been X, even in Super Metroid. Okay, all right. That's interesting. Um, see, all right, I think on, on the surface, I my immediate reaction to it is... That's an interesting theory. I am wondering how, like, because an X an X mimic, right, doesn't look exactly like it's it, the thing that it's copying, right? Like it has like a right. a little bit of a difference, right? But as far as we know, they look like the animals that they're. Let's say they were X parasites, right? They look exactly like the, as far as we know, right? Well, actually, I guess we don't. Do we see any other ones that wouldn't that we can confirm? Nope. Okay, so. There is we don't actually know what the the true species would look like if we are to assume that these are X parasites because we don't have an example of these creatures and knowing that they aren't X parasites right like we haven't dissected like another one right or no one has mm-hmm. so I guess that could be possible I'm trying to think of like any other thing like what other thing would be a giveaway other than okay these things look I mean, a lot of the X mimics in Fusion, they only, they only, they not only do they look different, but they look really corrupted and like, not grotesque. Yeah, gr- right. And yeah. these things don't look really grotesque. They look like nice and cute and cuddly and all of that. So that would be my first thing: is if these were X parasites, wouldn't they look a little more like grotesque looking and like scary and dangerous? Because I feel like almost every X mimic is, but maybe these ones are just really, really advanced ones or good ones. So. Um, I, I will let you continue. I am I am in, I'm interested, <laughs> though I don't think it's the case. I am I'm interested. I'd like to hear more. Uh, I was the exact same mind frame. I was like, no way, these don't look X enough, right? Because like everything looks kind of messed up. Uh, like Ridley looks very different. Everybody looks different when they are infected by the X. But he MatPat did provide some anecdotal evidence here that uh, makes somewhat of a more compelling case. So first of all. Um, you nailed it. We've never seen any other Edicoons or uh, Decora anywhere other than in Metroid Fusion or in Super Metroid. So if they were infected by the X all along, then we wouldn't know any better because we've never seen them. The The other thing or the other reason that he points to, particularly in Decora's case, is that they know abilities that a regular animal probably shouldn't, uh, in that case, the the Shine Spark, and, may, and maybe to a lesser extent, the Wall Jump. Because I think that that's kind of feasible, that the Edicoons might know how to Wall Jump. But the Shine Spark is a skill that, you know, maybe an animal like that wouldn't necessarily know. But the, the dead giveaway is that they should definitely not know how to pilot a ship, which they do at the end of Metroid Fusion. So the theory there is that they have absorbed the memories and knowledge of other galactic pilots or fighters, what? and and they are living in the in the animal bodies. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean that they pilot the ship at the end of fusion? They don't pilot the ship at the end of fusion. They they pilot the ship at the end of fusion. They activate the uh, the AI. Okay, but that's not piloting the ship. That's like the like. Yeah, but, that's not like you're by pi- Okay, so what you just says they they have the the knowledge of previous human pilots, but that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily true because they're not piloting the ship. If they might have turned on the AI, which I also don't think is true, I'm pretty sure that the Adam's AI is is continually connected to the ship. As far as I know, it's Adam who is controlling the ship, the Adam AI and brings it in. And the, the animals are just on the ship. you screwing around. Sorry. You know, in front of the camera. Right. I don't think that it's ever, as far as I remember, it's never like actually shown you, that you they're, were, you're wrong. You were wrong. Adam specifically says that they, he had some help. Oh yeah, you're right. He does say something about that. Doesn't he? Doesn't he say like, Oh yeah. How is that possible? And then it shows them on. Okay. So, okay, fine, fine. That does happen, but they're not pi- – I don't think they're piloting the ship. Like, they could have easily just turned on, like, a, like a, an autopilot, right? Like, they could have easily just been, like, mashing buttons on the, the, the dashboard or jumping around, you know, screwing around in the cockpit and accidentally turned on autopilot, right? Like, and even if they didn't, let's say they – let's say they weren't jumping around. Let's say 
somehow it, it hit a button and knew that it was the autopilot. It didn't. I don't think it was like literally pulled out like the handles and started like using a joystick or something and piloted the ship, right? To do, I, I well, hmm. we, we, did, we don't know. We don't know. So I don't know. But, we don't okay. know. But okay. 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 Hold, hold on. Let, let's keep going. I'll let's give you going. that. Let's keep going. Okay. So <clears throat> he, he then goes on to say that uh, the, the Edicoons and Decora were the only organisms on the entire ship that were not eliminated or killed by the ex-parasites. And there's no real reason other than Adam theorizes that maybe he thinks that the, the ex might not have seen them as a threat. But, you know, obviously a lot of these scientists aren't necessarily threats either. So it, it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't have just absorbed him anyways. Especially if they have the skills of, like, shine sparking. So that, yeah, but that's the sci- another little piece. The scientists get absorbed for their knowledge, though. It's not like they're a threat. Right, so right. So if the, if the... Okay. Hmm. Let me, let me try to unpack this. So, okay. First of all, let's go back to the speed booster thing. And, or the shine sparker thing. Because I didn't answer that. Um... You said that you think the wall jump is that's likely for them to know. I agree. I, I think that sh- that's feasible. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. That's like a thing any anyone could really do, or like any animal, or a lot of animals, right? Whatever. The shine spark thing. Okay. But we know that there are a lot of organisms in like the Metroid universe that have like weird, unique kind of powers, right? Like, so I don't think it's like necessarily out of the question that this could be something an animal. Or some kind of like alien animal species would have access to, right? I mean, if right. we accept that there are other organisms that exist um, outside of, let's say, like phasing corruption, right? Like that also have some really crazy powers um, that exist naturally. Uh, you know, I, I think the Edicoons or whatever having a similar kind of power is is I not necessarily a huge reach. So then, okay piloting the ship whether or not they did that okay maybe they just turn on the autopilot maybe they did somehow figure out how to, to to pilot it but does that necessarily prove that they have the knowledge of previous pilots that were absorbed or something no um and then the third thing was they weren't attacked on the ship and they survived fair fair that is true I would think, okay, they also survived the events of Super Metroid without getting attacked by any Metroids or other crazy things, and they were able to survive that. So maybe they're just really adaptable and sur- you know, survivalist animals, right? I mean, if they survived Super Metroid, what's I don't think it's unfeasible that they somehow escaped the X and, and all of that through the events of Metroid Fusion. All right, so there's a couple more uh, little pieces of evidence that, uh, that they suggest for this theory. Um, the BSL station, and, and this one is kind of weak, I think, but this is one of the ones that they suggested. The BSL station seemed like kind of a random target for this X outbreak to happen at, but coincidentally, it was one of the ones, it was a station that the uh, Takoras and the Edicoons were already at. Now, I will say that this this is probably the weakest bit of evidence to me, because you can kind of infer that the X outbreak happens because... The Metroids are there, and they're trying to eliminate their their natural prey or their natural predator, rather. But uh, you know, it, it's it's a fact. You know, they they are there is an outbreak at this random space station, and the the animals are there. What say you? Well, wait, 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 wait. It's not really random though. It's not like the X just like all of a sudden show up and like okay, like the the X haven't been on or the Metroids haven't been on SR three eight eight since the events of Metroid two. So they're more uh, prolific and show up more often when they return. Samus returns with the scientists, right? Samus gets infected, brings the or goes back to the station, uh, crashes into the asteroid belt, and her suit pieces are recovered into the ship, which are then put into the quarantine zone. And the X in the X in, in the quarantine zone, the X are able to like multiply or grow into like using Samus's DNA, create the SAX, and then blast out. From there, maybe the X then decide to take out the Metroids because they're their natural enemy. But it's not like it randomly happens. I don't like it. It, it all makes sense. Why you know, it, it by co- not like coincidence, but like the the string of events like A to B to C makes sense how the outbreak happens. So I don't 
I'm not sure where you're there. You were there getting the randomness of this, um, or how it ties into I'm, the. Editing. I'm just, I'm just telling you the evidence as it, uh, as it presented itself here. I, okay, I think, yeah. I think that that one is a little bit weak. I'm a little but, confused um, on that one. Yeah, I'm not sure what that one's trying to say. So I'll, I'll move on to the last two pieces of little uh, anecdotal evidence here, and I, I loved this one. Uh, this, this seems like a stretch, but here we go. The theory suggests that. The Etikuns and Korra are not native to the planet Zebus, and in fact, they were piloting another ship on their way from going planet to planet. On the uh, on the wiki, um, the Metroid wiki, and uh, uh, you know, on the Metroid wiki, it says something about X parasites. If they ever had the ability to fly a spaceship, they would travel planet to planet like a plague. So the theory goes is that that's precisely what the Etikuns and the that Takora was were doing was traveling from planet to planet on a spaceship. And that spaceship is the wrecked ship in Super Metroid. And that is where they run to at the end of the game. And that is the ship that they escape on because we powered it up after we defeated Fantoon earlier in Super Metroid. And that is how they make their way to the BSL. Let's see, this I like. This is a good this I I like this point. This I makes for like actual good story. See, I don't know if I necessarily buy them being ex-parasites, but I do think that it would it's interesting, it would be a cool idea if these Etikuns, right, like the and and whatever's are are actually like spacefaring kind of aliens, but they are, you know, they're also these like kind of funny, like silly little animals, right? But at the same time, they're also like smart enough to be able to pilot a ship and travel. Um, and all of that potentially like maybe we just you know they're just you know they don't speak a language we can understand right right and that would like make sense like okay if that's the case then yeah maybe they could have piloted the ship in fusion that idea i think is really interesting it'd be really cool like if these little guys are just like little space like adventurers right um that's interesting i don't i don't think that necessarily means that they're ex parasites though because uh number one i i i, I I really think it's the case that the X can probably survive in a vacuum. Um, so I don't think that they would need to be like an organism that would have to pilot a ship. Right. Like, um, and also if they did need to do that and they do or whatever, why would they be like these little aliens or animals? Right. Like why wouldn't they just be a person like a human and, and look like a normal pilot and just, you know, pilot around as a regular human and, and, and not be like, these weird animals that might get shot because they're like a suspect <laughs> potential enemy, dangerous animal. Right. Um, or well, might not get so, saved by so Samus. Assuming. Right. But the, I, I get that, but um, it just seems like it's such a, it, it, like a inconvenient or like out of the way kind of way to, to, to accomplish a goal. Um, and I also feel like they also like X parasites are because they're so, um, like they were able to exist in like really cold temperatures and all of that. I really, I do feel like they wouldn't need to do this. Like ex parasites could probably exist in a vacuum, which is why I also think that future Metro games will probably still have the ex parasites. Cause I think it's pretty likely that they survived the uh, destruction of SR 388 um, and, and the uh, BSL. Cause I think they could, uh, they could exist in a vacuum and they would survive that kind of stuff uh, after a planet's been destroyed. So then they probably wouldn't need the ship. But I love the idea of these little guys being like these like adventurers that piloted a ship and, and stowed away and are trying to like, you know, they have their own little adventure going on. Um, does that make them ex-parasites? No, but that's like the most, I think this that's the most interesting. Like when you tie it into the, the fusion, like potential, like piloting the ship thing, whatever, it makes this the most interesting. Um, well, that might have, that might have swung me a little bit, that part, when you tie it together a little bit. Um that's yeah, a, that's like a spin-off that. game that I would love to play, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Awesome. I would play that, yeah. Um, okay, so there's two more kind of anecdotal pieces there's of There's more, okay. There's more, okay. there's more. So the last, uh, well, I guess the last major piece of evidence before we get to the million-dollar question is that Metroid Fusion literally ends on a shot of these two animals. Now, Dak, you and I kind of downplayed them a little bit in our Metroid 5 pitches way back when, but... Maybe that was deliberate that it ends on that shot of these two animals. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe hmm. it's just kind of it just kind of happened. But it does seem strange to to end on that note. At, at least to me, 
Um, so I, you know what? It's a, it's a small little thing, but okay. Hmm. Yeah, that one I'm not so sold on. I mean, having, like, that image to, like, end the story on, like, a nice note, right? Like, you won, like, you congratulations, you beat the game, you 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 defeated the bad guys. Here's, like, a nice, like, image of these cute little animals to, to fade off on. Um, that that storytelling-wise and just, uh, you know, imagery, like, visually, I think makes sense. I don't know if I would tie that to, like... Uh, giving them some kind of importance. Not only that, but I know for a fact that they haven't been planning any post-fusion story stuff. <laughs> so I know that they weren't doing that. There's no way that they were like planning down the road. Oh yeah, like this is gonna have some kind of importance in the next game that we haven't made yet since 20 years, right? Like it's been almost 20 years since that game, and there has been no follow-through. So I really doubt that they were like planting this image to be like, oh, in the next game. Wait till you see what happens with these two, like wink, wink, or like you know a little bit of foreshadowing that you don't realize it's like foreshadowing until later. I no, I don't. I think it's just it's a especially it's a Nintendo game, but it's a video game. You won the game, you beat it. Um, finally, the story is over. You defeated the bad guy. Samus maybe not might be not might not be able to rest at the moment, but you as the player can, and the story at least for the moment is over. And you get that image because it's a nice, you know, image to sign off on. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give points to that one though. So the last piece of evidence that the the theory gives, and I was glad that it did because this was all just like this was the question I asked immediately at the very start of this, and thankfully they circled back and answered it. Is why would the ex parasites save Samus if they if they have the ability to just let her blow up on the BSL? Mm-hmm. Why would they activate the AI? Why would they? Why would they do all that? Right? Um, the answer is actually like fairly, fairly obvious, and I and I thought that it was a good explanation. They allow Samus to live because Samus eradicates Metroids and is the only person that eradicates Metroids. Um, even though Samus was eradicating the X Parasite as well, you've really never seen anybody else go go head to head with a Metroid and walk away. I mean, she literally wiped out the entire metroid population on sr388 and that is what allowed the x to repopulate and and gain a a foothold in the ecosystem there she eliminated the metroids uh in talon 4 she she eliminated the omega metroid on bsl like samus gets rid of metroids and metroids are as we know the natural predator of the x parasite and the x parasite really is defenseless against metroids so it does make sense that they would keep her alive. Kind of the the enemy of my enemy is my friend mentality here. So I I like that little wrinkle in the whole theory. Look, do I do I think that the animals are are evil? Not necessarily, but I I really enjoyed this theory and looking at it from a different perspective. And it did make it did make sense to me when you put it in that like Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense that uh, they they didn't just let Samus blow up to smithereens. Hmm. Mm. See, it sounds good if it went that way, right? Like, how you described all that, like, sounds really cool. It sounds really good. But it didn't actually happen that way because if the X were to be taking into account that Samus destroys Metroids overall, right? Like, even before they got to the BSL, um, you know, keeping in mind that Samus, you know, eradicated all the Metroids fights metroids all the time why would the sax be hunting or going after samus the whole time on fusion right like why wouldn't the sax uh like why would it ever try to kill samus because you can die to it so why would you why would it ever try to kill samus if that's the case i what i really think is yeah that that part of it i don't i don't think works because if that were the case then the sax would never be a threat the entirety of the ship the only the only reason samus ends up uh absorbing the sax in the end anyway is because it ends up just ignoring samus and goes after the biggest metroid related threat on the ship at the time which is the omega metroid so um it just so mm-hmm. happens that it it's it has a losing matchup against omega metroids you know fights it loses and sam's like oh well <laughs> it's free real estate and takes you know absorbs <laughs> absorbs the sax um so I don't I don't know if that works necessarily. It sounds good. That would make sense. That would be really interesting if throughout the game the SAX would like get really close to killing you or like chase you down, but then didn't. But you were kind of like forced into a situation where you didn't really have a choice. It would kill you if it could, but it didn't. And then at the end, that stuff kind of happened. Then I would be like, okay, that's interesting. Like 
maybe the ex really don't want Samus actually dead because they realize its value or her value. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's I, that sounds really cool, but that's not supported by the game because otherwise the X and the SAX wouldn't be, or anything infected by the X wouldn't be attacking Samus, which is literally what happens throughout every second of the game. So interesting theory. Hey, that's a great point. And also I feel like that would give away the, the Atacoons a little bit too. I think if like, if, if they were for some reason, like helping, like the SAX was helping Samus too. I feel like that'd be kind of a giveaway. Uh, that's a great point. I didn't consider that, but what if maybe, what if maybe the, the animals had already piloted her ship out of there and only came back when they saw the SAX was defeated. Cause at, at that point okay. it's pretty clear that like none of the SAX are going to make it off that ship. And while they would prefer to have the SAX, which they control, they save Samus for an opportunity to clone her at a later date. I don't know. That's uh that's a, that's a good point. And, and I'm just making up some, uh, some excuses here, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed this. There's a lot of, uh, circumstantial evidence not necessarily a lot of uh hard evidence that you can really dig your feet into but i had a really good time kind of dissecting that and i discovered that there are more than a couple metroid theories on there so i I think that we'll do this again have like a theory block one episode so yeah Yeah, i I, this was fun yeah i was gonna say i wasn't i you know i've never been someone who really like digs into like game theories um and, and like that, but I thought that was a lot uh, a lot more interesting than I was expecting. I don't think I'm convinced that they're ex-parasites, but I am convinced that there's something going on with these little guys. I definitely think that there's now more sus than I've ever thought, and I'm probably never going to save the animals again when I play Super Metroid. Um, I, I am convinced now by this theory and how you read it to me that they are not your average little alien animals, and there's something going on. Like Even if they might there's not be ex-parasites... Exactly. There's something else there, um, and I and honestly that that perked me up a little bit. I was just, the the theory wasn't as bad as I expected. I was honestly expecting it to be like <laughs> just nonsense and be like, okay, this is stupid. But actually, it wasn't as, as dumb as I thought it was going to be. So I'm glad that uh, you took the time to check that video out and and also give it to me too to hear it. I wanted to hear it from from how you were going to say it to me, right? Like hear it in your own words. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and also then I didn't have to watch the YouTube video. So that was cool too. <laughs> but, um, I, I will say that I think it's yeah. literally physically impossible for me not to save the animals. I think it's impossible. But now, but after having this information, however, after, you know, having watched this video, can you really truly it. say that you, can you say that like, Oh yeah, I'm totally saving them. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I can. I still, I still can't do it. I, I, you know, my they're, they're just down there. Oh, actually, I forgot to mention this little piece of evidence, too. So the room that you find them in in Super Metroid when you save them, by the way, is also an item room, which the X are attracted to since they absorb items. So, you know, maybe. Okay, maybe. okay. Maybe. Or maybe they just went in there because it was warm or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they, they saw They took some a wrong lights. turn getting to the lost they took ship. A wrong... Exactly. That's the thing, yeah. too. Maybe they just showed. That's, that's the thing is, like, they're all there. They might be smart at times, but other times they don't make the best decisions. Like, why are they in that room? Why didn't they just make it back to the ship on their own? Um, why do they need to be saved by Samus, etc.? So, yeah. But it got me thinking about Etikuns, and that I, in a way that I never thought I would. <laughs> I never, well, I never anything, considered this possibility. Anything to get us thinking about Metroid in these uh, these dark times is uh, is a good thing. So. Um, there you go. That was our uh, game theory, Metroid theory show. Dak, anything you want to say before we get on out of here? Yes, two things. First, um, I misspoke earlier. My other introduction to Ghosts and Goblins is Firebrand, also in Marvel vs. Capcom. And I'm mad at myself that I didn't say Firebrand because I never used Arthur ever, but Firebrand was on multiple of my Marvel vs. Capcom 3 teams. And I forgot that Firebrand is from those games, which is what I remembered while we were talking Firebrand is awesome. Anyone who plays Marvel out there, if you use Firebrand, you're cool. Uh, second, um, the only other thing we didn't talk about today was the the quote-unquote news of Retro Studios looking for a, a boss, an AI developer, and I'm glad we didn't oh, talk yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we didn't talk about it, but I just want to quickly rant about it. If, if First of all, the job listing was apparently posted back in April. Retro just tweeted about it recently for who knows what reason. Maybe they're just putting it out there. They want some more resumes. Maybe they just want some more for the database for future references or, you know, if they need more people down the line. But every time I see one of these job listings and people go, oh, 
this game is going to be never coming out. It's delayed. They haven't been working on this. Like, they need this kind of, like, it is the most mind-blowing, crazy, like, the, 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 the conclusions that people come to on Twitter blows my mind. If, if Retro is looking for a boss or AI developer in December 2020, that doesn't mean that prior to December 2020 or April or whatever, that they didn't have anybody working on bosses or AI in the game at all. And they're looking for their first person now. That's not what the case is. And every time I see this post when someone says, oh, this game's never come out. Oh, they're just hiring this kind of person? What have they been doing this whole time? It, it doesn't grind my gears. It just makes me laugh because like, uh, I'm glad that I'm not this person having those thoughts in my head. Anyway, I'm glad we didn't talk about that, but I'm happy that Retro is, things are going well, I hope, and that they're still hiring people, looking for people. I wish I had the skills to work on Metroid Prime 4, because that would be such a dream. I would love to uh, have my name in the credits for that game. Uh, maybe in another, maybe on Metroid Prime 7 or something like that, I'll get in there. But yeah, glad we didn't cover it. I had to say that, though. And yeah, Firebrand is awesome. I think that was a subliminal slip that we didn't cover that because I'm I'm tired about talking about retro studios. But I will say, if they are not working on the Crade boss, I don't even. Oh yeah. Want, I don't even yeah, want this it. is this is what this. Yeah, they could be hiring for Crade. That's exactly what we need. But it's probably for Ridley. Hashtag Crade for Prime Four. All right. Well, uh, we are going to get out of here. We hope that you guys enjoyed uh, some Metro talk and some just general video game talk. And we are going to be back here next week doing a deep dive into what they call Nestroids. So very much looking forward to that. We're going to have Ryan from Metro Database on here with us. Uh, check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Dak is DakCity underscore. And we are at Omega Metroid Pod. And of course, we want you to like and subscribe over on Podbean, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, leave us a five-star review too if you think that we have earned it. That's it. That's all. We will see you back here next week. Take care.